Hi, I'm your host, Aaron, and welcome to the First Generations Podcast, the show where we dive into the personal experience and knowledge of individuals that paved their path to success on their own terms. From entrepreneurs, professionals, and beyond, we will learn what it takes to walk through their journey and what it means to be first generation. Welcome to the First Generations Podcast. Today's guest is someone that has traveled to South Korea and Vietnam to teach English right after finishing university instead of pursuing her career. She currently resides in Vancouver, BC, Canada, and is also a podcast host. Her podcast is called Pass the Poutine and is a show about Asian Canadians. I am proud to present you, my friend, Nina B. Hey, Nina, how are you doing? What's up, Aaron? What's up? Thank you for having me. Very excited. Yeah. Actually, I want to thank you for coming on to the show. Let's go into the first question I have for you. Why did you choose to travel instead of pursuing a career right after university? So I think that's a really good question because, you know, being Asian, we're expected to like become a doctor or a lawyer like immediately after high school. And I didn't even know what I wanted to study in college, let alone like what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I fumbled and fumbled until I finally graduated with a psychology degree, which I don't recommend to anyone listening, by the way unless you're planning to become a psychiatrist or like a psychologist because uh there there isn't like work out there and when i graduated i was applying for jobs like job after job and i didn't get any callbacks except for the one that was like hey do you want to teach english in korea and i was like i literally have no other option so the answer is yes so it wasn't even like a a conscious choice but it was more of kind of like a force of hand that uh that ended up being very fun and beneficial on my end. So stroke of luck and unluck, I guess you could say. If you were to go back in time and if you were given the opportunity to redo this process, would you still have taught abroad? That's you know what? I I think about it to this day because being in my late 20s, I'm not like where I want to be career-wise or I don't know if I would say where I want to be, but where other people my age are. Uh, but, you know, like thinking about all the memories and all the experiences I've gone through, it, it's not something I would trade. And having gone back, I think I would just be like right now I'm working an office job anyway. And if I stay here long enough, I will move up eventually. Right. But if I did that, like with a five year, like if I did that five years earlier, I would have maybe never had time to live abroad instead of just going on a two week vacation. So you know what? Going back, I don't think I would change it. I think um, it's it's made me into the the free spirit I am today, <laughs> which yeah. is something like a lot of Asians are proud of. But you know what? Here I am. What inspires me the most is the fact that you actually did it. You just flew abroad to South Korea and you just taught, right? And like you mentioned, totally. we have that, or at least I can only speak for a lot of the Asian Americans here. But there's that expectation where you're gonna, you know, graduate university. You know, all the social scripts. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Totally. But it seems like it seems like to me, like you kind of did that. You checked up all the boxes. Right. Look at you. Like what what made you kind of want to uh, uh, what what got you on the path you are now? Because I know you're working like quite a good job that you can proudly tell other people. And I'm sure your mom is very happy. You know, going through high school, university, even my continued education, I did all that for my mom. So just to give the listeners some context, I am a CPA accountant. So I went, obviously I graduated high school. I did my four years of university with a major in accounting. 
And then after university, I pursued continuing education to get my designation, which is the CPA, which, which stands for Chartered Professional Accountants. Now, during that journey, I will admit it's not something I envisioned for myself. You know, I, I was always living in my mother's shoes, but I can't blame her, right? Then again, she, she wants her ch children to, you know, be successful, to not have to worry about being hungry, to not have to worry about having a roof over their head, you know, like to not have to worry about having no clothes. So in that sense, that's why I followed her path. And for me, with my childhood, seeing what my mom gave up just to give me a good life, it was almost a form of me repaying her back just to give her what she wanted. Do you feel do you feel satisfaction with the way you are right now? I don't feel very satisfied, but that doesn't mean I never really enjoyed that journey. Don't get me wrong, like I struggled in university, I struggled during my designation process, but going through that, it had taught me a lot about perseverance, you know, not giving up, uh, learning more effective ways to learn, right? So in that sense, that was that's a big plus that I had to go through. But going on with this, because I was living through the life that my mom or my dad wanted, or I never made a focus to travel, to live my life how I actually wanted to until recently. Specifically, I haven't even traveled much or anywhere. Where have you been, Aaron? Where have you gone? Vegas, BC, Prince George, Houston, Texas... Like Prince I don't George. Prince George is in DC. Yeah, I know, right? So, no, don't don't be sorry. It's it's just it's it's not it's not that exciting. I haven't been out there, right? Do you feel like a sort of hunger? Like, do you, do you want to explore more? Because I feel like you know, Las Vegas is a pretty insane city. But like I said, like these are all places that are in North America. They're very different from like a third world country. Yeah, actually, in fact, I. I I've always had I've always wanted to go explore. I really did. Really? It sounds it sounds like you played played it very safe. I played it very safe. Like and even even during my time throughout university, my focus was on, you know, I'm going to pay off my student debt. I'm going to work. I'm going to work, pay off my student debt, I'm going to work and I'm going to accumulate more money for my other hobbies. And even after university and while articling and even my current job now, at least when I first started, I was always postponing traveling. And it was not until then that I realized that time is our biggest commodity and traveling, I postponed it to this far already and still I haven't been able to go and see places and look at, look, look at things through a different perspective or lens, right? Yeah, no, I would definitely say that I have definitely made it more of a priority and specifically to Asia, not just to another North American city. I want to go to Europe. I want to go to, you know, Africa. I definitely want to hit up, South see what America. the world has. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I totally recommend it. I think it will really give you a different perspective and it will definitely make you more grateful for what you have now. Although I'm not saying you're not a grateful person because you sound like a very grateful person. So um, but yeah, traveling definitely puts you in situations that are incredibly uncomfortable, uh, especially if you're like backpacking and you're trying to save money, trying to save money in the third world country is like, it's, it's uncomfortable. I, I learned how to be uncomfortable for years, 
years <laughs> just years in a row just like comfort what's that no no it's not gonna happen but you know being canadian I, I think all we know is comfort right like canada might be the most comfortable country in the world besides like i'm talking vancouver i'm very curious you said that you were uncomfortable i find that that alone in itself gives one person a lot of opportunity to learn and grow what i learned living in asia was that my problems quote unquote and my worries and my fears aren't as real or as big as i thought they were because you know here like in vancouver or in canada like the littlest things drive people crazy right they're like oh my god my parents didn't respect my wishes for this one thing i made and now i'm so angry and i'm gonna go on reddit and make a post on am i the asshole about it Right. Whereas in Asia, these these people they don't even got food to eat, man. When it's flooding, their entire floor is flooded. You know what I mean? And then like it's just it's just uncomfort, like discomfort all the time, twenty four seven. So I was realizing what I was complaining about back home. Make like I feel like such a spoiled princess when I'm um complaining about it. And then also being like I'm talking about Vietnam when I lived there. Uh, I'm I'm Vietnamese and. It totally made me understand, like, why my parents got the, got the, got the, got the, oh. <laughs> um, because it, it, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's really uncomfortable. So, uh, being uncomfortable all the time actually made me a more calm person today because I'm just like, wow, this issue, this problem I have is a non-issue somewhere else, or this issue that I have here is actually a luxury somewhere else. So it, it it's definitely changed my mindset and made me appreciate and see things more and kind of like enjoy life a little bit more i guess from what it sounds like it helped you develop more gratitude for the more simple and basic things in life right and totally. it almost sounds like it also helped you become more self-aware mm, yes that might be the biggest thing so one thing i struggle with still to this day having moved back to vancouver after living abroad is the level of or the lack of self-awareness I deal with with people my age or people older than me even on a day-to-day -day basis because like they just don't even understand like the scope of the issue with the scope of the planet you know so there's yeah. a lot of like crazy overreactions a lot of like just um just unnecessary whining I guess I would say that I hear from a lot of people here and then a comment I get over and over again about myself is like i'm so chill but i actually don't think i'm that i don't think i'm very chill but i think i have learned to not stress over things that we can't necessarily control and being in asia definitely uh helped me with that you know those floods are crazy i almost didn't get to go home one day when i was in vietnam because i was in the downtown core of saigon and it was the worst thunderstorm they'd had in like 50 years or something obscene i couldn't get attacked i was trying to get taxis for two hours, I couldn't get a text, and I was like, "Wow, I'm gonna have to like stay in a hotel downtown, or not even a hotel, a fucking a hostel, five dollar hostel, because I cannot get home and I'm drenched." And when I finally did get a taxi, the taxi drove for one kilometer, broke down. The entire taxi was flooded. Like the taxi driver <laughs> oh literally my. got out and was like taking buckets and trying to like scoop water out of it while rain was dripping. It was, it's great, like, shit like that, so you, you would never experience this in Vancouver, you know what I mean? It rains in Vancouver, but it doesn't rain like that. Yeah. So, 
it was just experiencing things like that made me really understand like wow i'm having a shitty day because i can't get home this taxi driver can't even get his vehicle to move you know what i mean and what if his vehicle is broken does he have money to pay for his vehicle this is his livelihood this is his job so it just made me realize like wow my issues are like non-issues most of the time <laughs> okay <laughs> that that sounds very insane it was hectic and when we're factoring the standard of living in let's say when you said you're in vietnam it's also different too so i would imagine like the level of oh yeah that level has been amplified right especially from from oh my someone God. <laughs> yeah i i was trying to save money i wasn't making a lot of money because uh i was teaching english but i'm not white and if you're not white teaching english in asia they'll pay you less typically um okay they will pay you at all <laughs> and so i was living in a little uh, I don't know square square meters, but uh, in a small place ish, and I had no air conditioning. So you know what I got used to? I got used to sweating all the time. I just got used to like being hot and uncomfortable literally all the time because <laughs> the <laughs> AC was too expensive, <laughs> and I had like a ten dollar fan like on me all the time. And any part where the fan wasn't hitting my body, that part of the body was sweating. So I was like, wow. wow always uncomfortable <laughs> uh, but you know what it's an experience it's uh it's good i think people should be put in really uncomfortable situations just to give themselves a little bit of a reality check sometimes if you had the opportunity where you're on a stage full of people that are willing to listen to like what would you tell them what are some tips that you give them to you know make them feel more appreciative of what they have Wow. I think uh, if I were ever given a stage to give people advice, I would never take it. I think that is like way too much pressure. And like, I don't think I deserve <laughs> to tell anyone how to live their life because what I've learned living abroad is like everyone lives lives on their own terms and you should just let people be. But okay. if, if I was forced to give people advice, uh, I would suggest that people just um, get out of their comfort zone. We've mentioned this, but also talk to as many people as they can. Because one thing I learned from my travels was I met a ton of people from so many different backgrounds. I'm talking countries, continents, cities, um, socioeconomic backgrounds, stuff like that. And everyone is really interesting. I think uh, so. If you talk to people, everyone has a story. Everyone has a lesson. Everyone has some sort of experience. And guess what? We all have things in common. Like everyone you meet, you probably have at least five things in common with them. The point is to try to figure out what those are and talk about it. And, and I realize like the differences we have with other people, skin color, race, age, especially age. I think age is a huge one is, is kind of imaginary. It's, it's not as real as society makes us believe. And I feel like the more people you talk to, um, you're, you'll be surprised at, at how intelligent people are, especially people you don't think are intelligent. Like maybe a guy that's working at a gas station, uh, you might think like, oh, this guy doesn't know anything. He's such a loser. But when you talk to him, he knows he knows a lot. He knows a lot about politics and how the systems run and, and everything, you know. So I would definitely suggest people get out of the comfort zone, talk to more people and um, try to connect with people more. Because I feel like relationships are the most important thing in life, you know, like even just tiny, short interactions you have with like the grocery store person. I think those it, it's what makes life like worthwhile and interesting. Yeah, I totally agree. I personally never appreciated the simple conversations I would have with random people that I would meet on the street back then. And the more people you tend to know, even like the way you interact with them, like it really does impact their day. The fact that you're learning, you're sharing each other's experiences, that's like 
that's a very awesome way to grow. If I grew up in an environment where it's not relevant to care what people what people are made of, to know what their story is. In fact, it's... What do you mean? Like, when you say the kind of environment you grew up, you were taught not to care about that. Like, did you mean, like, your Asian background? Or, like, or was it just, like, hustle, hustle, hustle? Like, what do you mean when you say that? My mindset was to, you know, focus on what you need to do. But everything else, like, if it doesn't matter. So just don't pay any attention to it. It doesn't matter at all. For example... Let's say if I'm taking a course, let's say this course is about network, networking and communications and involves me talking to people. For me, I'll talk and network with my classmates, not because I want to, but because I have to. Mm-hmm. And it's also so in that... Kind of felt, it, it kind of felt like a chore. It was definitely more of a chore. And, and again, it's kind of relating to appreciation. I failed to acknowledge and appreciate these little conversations and... Even now, when I'm talking to someone, I can also li- listen to their intonation. And I'll just give you an example. It's, you know, how you say, hey, how's it going? And then people are like, hey, I'm good. And then you walk away. I, I find that very common. Sometimes I'm guilty of this, too. I'll ask, hey, how's it going? And then the other person will say, bad. And then I'm like, okay. You know, like just automatically saying it, right? But then not realizing, hey, he said bad. You as a human being should offer him some time to so he could maybe talk about it if he wants to vent about it, right? <laughs> You were really in your head back then, hey? Oh, totally. I'm also an introvert, but I feel like I'm also using this as an excuse. I feel like a lot of introverts do. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely just appreciating the simple conversation, just networking and communicating is just so important, I find. Mm -hmm. Just sharing that like human interaction, just being present in the moment, I think is what it is. Because when you're goal oriented, like who knows if you'll ever hit that goal? Who knows what will happen? Yeah. What kind of obstacles or detours that life might hit you with? So I think it's really important to be present and just kind of appreciate the people around you, the small interactions you have, um, just the little things in life, because life isn't about the goal. It's you're you're always present. You're never not going to be in the present. So it's important to remember those kind of things. Oh, definitely. And to add on to that, too, this is terrible. When it came to meeting people back then, I also had this mindset where I thought about what can you do for me? Oh, you're so evil. I hate people like you. Right? I definitely had that mindset, especially in university. It's like somebody will come up to me just as a mere act of kindness. They'll introduce themselves and I'll, I'll be like, what do you want? In my mind, I thought they want something from me. Hence why they're talking to me, Right. And vice versa. So that's a very toxic. So on guard. It is. It's a very toxic way to think, in my opinion. And it definitely took a lot for me to get out of that mindset. Dang. Well, I'm I'm glad. Like, well, was there some sort of like turning point, or what kind of what event happened that made you realize that you needed that? Number one, you were in this mindset, and number two, you needed to get out of it. That's a very good question. I think just life in general, <laughs> just hitting through certain hardships failures and then like kind of realizing things weren't working out the exact kind of way you wanted them to realizing things aren't working out the way you want i think for me too is when i hit obviously everybody hits their wall and when i say the wall it's like their hardship right so one of the walls that i had hit i was like a beaten dog an act of kindness from some from one of my friends even from a random stranger that said hi to me while i was feeling so low like I felt I've learned to appreciate that. And that actually helped me develop more gratitude and change my mindset to think of why they're why they would reach out to me like that. And you know what, 
there's more to this world than just being goal driven or even or even thinking you know this is like a transaction there must be consideration yeah. on both sides right that's interesting that you that you kind of got that epiphany when you were so low that you that you had nothing to give so when someone like uh gave you an olive branch you were like wow they definitely don't want anything for me because i i clearly can't give them anything and then that was your moment yeah and you were like wow huh interesting nice i'm always curious about those kind of like behavioral changes uh when when people kind of go through those things because it's it's different for everybody but you know the 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 trigger is 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 what's important oh definitely that's my psych background by the way yeah (laughs) which does have value not in the job field but in the (laughs) podcasting field so you've taught in south korea and vietnam is that correct that is correct is there anywhere else that you have also gone so i i taught english in korea for two years and then during that time i traveled to different countries in asia like um like hong kong taiwan japan uh i went to vietnam like for the first time when i lived in korea in like a long time and that's when i fell in love with vietnam again and i was like wow this is this is where i'm gonna move after i'm done korea but living in asia the funny thing is i'm not korean i'm vietnamese but living in korea was the first time i felt like i belong somewhere which i know sounds really weird but it was because i felt like i actually got to walk on the street and people weren't looking at me or um it was and when i would speak i don't speak korean uh they would always be shocked that i wouldn't speak korean whereas in canada when i would speak english people are shocked that i can speak english so that was like so it was really weird like this this i was like why do i feel like i belong in korea and then i was like is this what it feels like to be the majority in like the place you live in because that's never a way i felt and i know people are saying vancouver is very asian super duper asian it is but i live in the suburbs that is not super duper asian so yeah so it was a it was a very like interesting experience for me I really loved it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not Korean, but I'm Vietnamese. I'm going to go to Vietnam. And that's what I did after. Little did I know, um, I guess the imperialism and colonization is like so deep in my blood that when I was in Vietnam, everyone knew immediately that I wasn't Vietnamese. And they all they all thought I was like Chinese or Korean or something. And so they always spoke to me in Korean or Chinese. And I was like, no, no, I speak Viet. And they were all like really shocked. But it was a really interesting experience. Uh, I felt like I belonged in Korea more than I did in Vietnam, which is like, it's still, it's still weird to this day, but. Going back to Korea where not everybody was looking at you, from what it sounds like, everybody was minding their own business. Is this part of their culture or? I I guess so. Like, I, I guess, okay. So one thing I, the biggest difference I noticed between East Asia and the West, so West versus East, is that Eastern cultures are very shame-based. So, you know, we have Asian families, Asian parents, so we know it's like if you're not a doctor or a lawyer, you're a piece of shit. Um, but, you know, like, so in Asia, it's very much like uh, everyone is, they will shame you. It, it's very common for people to be like, you're fat, you're ugly, you're tall, you make little money, blah, 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 blah. Whereas, you know, in Western cultures, we're taught to kind of respect other people and there's more of like, a, you care more about the human more. So being in Asia, I don't know if it's necessarily that Koreans are more respectful or that they just are a more shame-based culture. So everyone kind of literally walks, like, looking on the ground. 
Oh. Like, imagine a whole country of introverts, basically, you know? Like, everyone is just, like, to themselves, looking at the ground, like, minding their own business, um, stuff like that. So, yeah, it was it was interesting uh, being from Canada to go there. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you're the host of Pass the Patine, right? The podcast about Asian Canadians. Does the, With you traveling, does that have anything to do with you wanting to start a podcast about Asian Canadians in general? Or was this... Was there a different source or a different drive to you wanting to start this project? Oh, man, that's such a good question. So, you know, I started my podcast uh, recently, just like a couple months ago. And this is the whole time I'm in, I've been in Canada. But definitely when I think about it, what sparked my interest in wanting to start a podcast was talking to people, all the interesting people I met abroad. I did a workaway, which is like a free work like you work a couple hours a day in exchange for food and board and i worked at a korean strawberry farm for a month and that's where i met like all these travelers like i met this guy from morocco shout out to Eamon from morocco and he was telling me how he's been traveling for a long time and he wanted to start this like video project where he records like travelers and just kind of like kind of like the bite-sized little like human collection of like what their stories are and then yeah so I was meeting so many interesting people so many different stories so many different backgrounds and I was like wow I I guess now that I look back that's I think what really sparked this interest in in uh, starting a podcast because I've always been interested in hearing people's stories because I feel like everyone has a story everyone's story is very interesting and unique and I feel like we can all learn things from other people and that's something I feel like we kind of forget nowadays because we're so self-centered like yeah. look at me uh, it's all about me but when we realize like we we need each other so much and and we're and everyone's so important and you never know like just meeting one person can just like change your whole life right? i'm not even talking about romantic relationships but just in general like maybe meeting a good boss or a mentor or something like that like these are really important people that we can meet and we need to open ourselves up to meet these kind of people and put ourselves in situations like that so yeah definitely but you know i know aaron you just started a podcast sorry to to, to flip it because i'm also uh i love asking questions what kind of inspired you because like you were saying how earlier you don't you haven't really traveled much besides you know like a few places in north america um but yet here you are and you want to like talk to people be, being an introvert i'm very interested in that First off, this podcast is it's a good way for me to, you know, you know, to use my voice. And most importantly, the underlying concept that I want from this podcast is to help inspire people and, and help people understand what's actually important to them. And so they can acknowledge it, be aware of it and pursue it, basically go achieve their goals and dreams. And the source behind this is obviously my story where, you know, I was being the good son, went through university, got my accounting degree. After I accomplished my designation, I got I got my job, felt like I didn't know what I wanted to do. I felt like all this hard work I put in, there was no drive anymore, right? And maybe, maybe this is a stage in my life where I thought, hey, why not try to, why, why not start a podcast? I just feel like I need to go out and do things more, right? That, at least that's the first, at least that's the first step, right? And just to, just to find my passion again. That's the reason behind this podcast. And with this podcast, I'm hoping to bring, obviously bring in guests and especially guests that can help inspire and, you know, motivate our listeners to, to show them, hey, like you don't have to live this 
cookie cutter life that maybe your parents have told you or molded you or society has molded you to do so, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the reason why I started this podcast. No, that's awesome because it feels like you've really followed the social script all the way um, till now. And maybe this is the first time you've allowed yourself to do something out of the social script that maybe, and who knows, right? Like this could be something you really fall in love with and something that can help you take whatever next step that life might take you in. So yeah, I'm really happy that you're pursuing things outside of, you know, the Asian, like, you know, uh, life journey board, whatever it is. So yeah, yeah. awesome. Again, I consider myself an introvert. I don't like to talk. I can talk. Like, this project itself, it's also a project that will help me grow, right? It'll help me grow as a person to communicate better, to build better relationships, to understand people more often, to ask better questions. This is super underrated, but life is almost, or a big part of life is asking the right questions. So this is definitely a stepping stone to help me do that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So the next question I have is, do you have any good reads that you would recommend to our listeners? <laughs> yeah. However, I, I read very boring things that I think a lot of people aren't interested in. But uh, a book I've read recently, and it's really helped me understand myself and other people, is uh, called Attached. And I, I told you about this book earlier. Um, I don't know if you remember. Have you gone into it? Have you read it? It's still ordered. It's still on its way to my place right now. So I haven't looked oh, at it yet. You ordered it already, though? Yep. Oh, beautiful. It's honestly such a great book. I think everyone should get it. This book is based on um, attachment styles that people form in relationships, whether it be romantic or platonic or whatever. Mostly romantic, though. And it's really changed how I look at and view relationships and how I look and view relationships from other people's point of view, but also my own view. Because, you know, it's really easy to be in a relationship and then, like, create your own story that doesn't exist about the relationship, right? That's totally different from what the relationship is and what the other person is thinking. And this book kind of helps you break down these, like, insecure or sometimes even crazy patterns that we may have. So if anyone, if you're asking me to provide a, a, a book... For people to look into, I definitely recommend Look Up Attached by Adam Levine. The funny thing is, I actually got this book recommended to me two or three years ago at a hostel in Malacca, Malaysia. Uh, the guy who recommended it was, uh, I think he's like a 45, 50-year-old like, yoga teacher or something from, I don't know, Greece. I forgot <laughs> what country he's from. It was so random. He's like, you should read this book. It's great. I don't even know him. And I was like, okay. And then I just I ignored him. And then I found the book recently, a couple months ago, and I was reading it, and I was like, oh my god, this book has totally changed my life. So definitely read this book. Learn about your attachment styles. Learn about how to form healthy relationships without creating uh, sandstorms in your own mind. Definitely great. That's the only one I can recommend right now. Um, yeah. We're about to wrap things up here. And a sec- another question I have is, obviously, you came on to the First Generations podcast. Now, what does being first generation mean to you so so that's a good question first generation means for me understanding different cultures and kind of straddling this line of like do who am i and or do i have to be someone or can i pave the way to be someone else so for me it just means kind of really carving my own identity and figuring out um, that I don't necessarily have to fall into Asian or Canadian or Asian Canadian. You know, I'm just I'm just who I am. 
and uh, part of who I am might draw from some of those groups, but who I am is, is different from that. So I guess that's what it would mean to me. Oh, no, that's that's awesome. <laughs> what does it mean to you, Aaron? I'm curious. For me, being first generation means having the courage, being bold, and being bold to take action. Because you can always be bold, but if you don't take action, it'll get you nowhere, right? It's kind of like saying, you know, uh, having the motivation to do something. You can have the motivation, but if you have the motivation, but you don't take action, you know, you just, nothing's going to get accomplished, right? Like, no matter how much noise is coming out from different parties, whether it's from your friends, your families, from the environment, from social media, you're doing what's important to you. And you're actually taking action and the steps to do so. So that's what being first generation means to me. Good to know the history of the name. Last question I have for you. Where can we find you on social media? Where can we find or download the Passive Poutine podcast? Great question. If you find me interesting, uh, please follow me. If you don't find me interesting, my guests are interesting, I promise. Uh, you can find me on Passive Poutine Podcast at Instagram.com. And Passive Poutine is on Spotify, iTunes, and various other podcast platforms. Awesome. And I'll share the details in the descriptions below for the podcast. And thanks again, Nina, for joining our show. Hope you enjoyed the show. You can follow us on Instagram and subscribe to us on YouTube at First Generations Podcast. For any questions, comments, and inquiries, please reach out to Aaron at firstgenerationspodcast.com. That is A-A-R-O-N at firstgenerationspodcast.com. Stay tuned for the next episode.